Welcome to Unleash. We're all being transformed every day. The big question is by who to become what? Well, perhaps you noticed the title to this episode is a question. Got decision fatigue? Our everyday lives are filled with so many decisions so that making the wrong decision makes making any decision sometimes super challenging. You know, people around us and the culture and media barrage us with so many more ideas and so much more information than we can reasonably process. And the options are so many. I mean, think about some of the simple choices that you make. Like if you're looking for a show to watch, go to any streaming service and there are so many pages and pages of stuff to choose from. Or if you want to make a simple purchase and you go online, for example, on Amazon, you want to buy a certain thing. How many pages of that thing are there with all these different features, right? We can find ourselves wading through what are seemingly endless pages of options. And then there's the big decisions in life where the stakes are much higher. So today just an acknowledgement of how often the matter of so many decisions come into play in conversations that I want to share three takeaways for you around this issue. The first are, I hope, are just really intensely practical. And the third one is more something to build over time. So here they are. I'll just, before I get into each one, I just want to throw all three out. The first one is this very simple sentence, do the next right thing. The second thing is choosing your attitude. And the third thing is to train your mind with wisdom principles. So something that commonly comes up when I meet one-on-one with people, I'm hearing about how they're struggling with different choices over one thing or another. And those, those places in our lives where we know we need to make a decision and we're not, that that can really press heavily upon our hearts and minds. And when I was reflecting on this topic, there was actually a very specific person's voice that came speaking to me that powerful five word sentence of do the next right thing. So I, I was kind of curious uh, and I did a Google search of that sentence and the top thing, like a whole bunch of stuff, came up under Frozen. It's apparently in the lyrics of one of the songs. I saw the movie once. I don't know the song, but apparently it's pretty popular. I also noticed that there was a book that was published in 2019 of that title. And the other thing that I found is that um, some articles about how Carl Jung, in some letters to individuals, he was giving advice for them. And he didn't, at least in the excerpts I saw, he didn't use exactly these words, but he was saying basically that same thing. So, but the voice that came to my head that I, where I first heard this sentence said was something when I was a young mom and I was listening to an older woman who I think was in her 70s at that time. I don't remember all the words that she spoke that day, but as I sat in that auditorium, 
there were a few things that she said that made a massive impression on me. She shared some powerful truths that I didn't realize I needed to hear. She had lived through a many really severe circumstances, lots of trials and difficulty and losses and grief and transition. But she spoke in a very calm, measured, just quiet manner with such conviction that I just found my ears hanging on her every word. I mean, my mind was open and my heart was receptive and I just was hungry to learn from the life life lessons that she shared in that, you know, 40-ish minute talk. She wasn't super animated and she did have a sense of humor, but it was very uh, sort of understated kind of wit. But her counsel was really honest and direct and straightforward and it was practical and nothing that she said was unkind, although she really didn't mince words. She was just super direct. And in case you're curious, her name is Elizabeth Elliot. And I, I really felt as though as I sat there listening to her words, that season of my life was a season of transition. And I was facing responsibilities and things that were all new to me. There were lots of challenges. And it was almost like I was this like parched desert wasteland, just desperately craving water. And her words just strangely nourished and revived hope in me. And really, that was her aim, to speak the sort of truth that endures through generations, and to share the sort of hope that grows strong even amidst the storms that buffet our everyday lives. And the truth that hit me that day wasn't so much how I should handle the big matters. She talked about the volume of trivial matters that can accumulate and overwhelm us. And at that moment, that's where I was living. So even if I had big matters that I didn't know how to handle yet, I didn't have to feel stuck in life. I could still choose to do the next right thing. Maybe this will help you uh, meet you in some way today in the parts of your life that feel perplexing and overwhelming to you that rather than letting those big things you don't yet know how to handle make you feel stuck in all of life, you can choose to, to take action, to be moving, if you just choose in the simple things in life to do the next right thing. So what is that for you today? Perhaps as I ask that question, something comes to mind. So the obvious question is, will you do it? Will you get going right away and just take action on that next right thing that you know you should do? And that leads me to the the second thing I wanted to talk about, which was choosing your attitude. So if I'm honest, there are times where I did choose to do the next right thing. But what I failed to do was to choose my attitude. Well, maybe I should say I didn't choose my attitude wisely. I had an attitude for sure. It just wasn't a good one. And we all have things that we that we have to do that we don't like to do. It doesn't matter 
um, what job you have, what responsibilities. There's going to be parts that you like and parts you really don't like. So I have my own, you've got yours. And so the real issue is the important thing is that the attitude that we choose in doing these things that we don't like. I can easily find myself grumbling and complaining and really, you know the, the reality that it makes the doing of the thing far more wearisome and unpleasant. But if I choose to do it with joy, now I'm not saying I'm joyful because I have to do this task, but choosing to do it with a joyful attitude. And when I remember to do this, it actually does transform my experience of doing the thing and it definitely transforms the experience of anyone around me while I'm doing it. Have you noticed how you talk to yourself while you're working on things? And if it's something you don't like, what are the things you're saying to yourself about the task or whoever didn't do the thing so that you have to do it? Perhaps you're complaining about them, maybe criticizing others or just, you know, choosing thoughts or, you know, rehearsing the choice words you would say to them. Well, that's what I find myself doing sometimes anyway, when I'm not careful to choose my attitude and to choose my thoughts, it can get ugly, really ugly. So we don't always get to choose the tasks before us that need doing but we always do have an opportunity to choose our attitude and how we think about what needs to be done. Maybe I can give you a simple example. I mean, maybe this sounds dumb, but we'll just start with a toilet. Okay. Every home's got at least one. Maybe you have several, uh, whatever. They all need to be cleaned. That's not one of my favorite jobs. And have I grumbled through cleaning it? Have I complained about other people that made messes? Because I never make a mess, right? So I can choose to do it as drudgery, or I can choose to do it with a sense of joyful delight, like taking pride, doing a good job, doing it well, thinking about how, how great it'll be when it's clean, how hopefully it will bless others if they notice it. Um, and I can honestly say that how I speak to myself about a task during the task, it, it is something I have learned to choose and there's great wisdom in choosing because really it can lighten my load so much and make the task actually even pleasant when I choose to think pleasant thoughts, um, and set about it with joy. So that leads me to the third thing. Uh, which is about training your mind with wisdom principles. There's a, there's a proverb. Uh, it has been translated in a number of different ways. Um, but this is a, a translation that I found very helpful. Um, Proverbs 23, 7, which says, As a man thinks, so he is. There's another translation that says, As a man thinks within himself, so he is. And we can consider um, like a couple of meanings because it's saying both what we think on continually shapes who we become and our thinking patterns also direct how we live and make decisions. So at the very beginning of the show, 
We talked about how life can be so full of so many decisions that it can be a wearying. We can choose to do the next right thing and choose our attitude in doing that thing. But what about in the actual making of decisions that can be more challenging? Uh, The natural thinking patterns around decisions that I emerged from childhood with uh, into teens and adulthood was very fear-driven. Even though um, I love to pursue logic and accumulate information, actually, I will exhaust myself sometimes trying to search out all the details of the various options, really seeking to make an intelligent decision. But rarely can you know everything there is to be known. And even if you could, you and I don't know what the future holds. And so it still can feel like all we can ever do is make our best guess. So if my standard for making decisions is to not make any mistakes, can you see how I'm going to wrestle a ton with making decisions? But what if rather than trying to be perfect and not make a mistake. What if my aim in making decisions is to be a delight to God, to pursue wisdom, and ask God to grant me discernment? Can you see how much freedom comes from changing my aim? Um, Another example maybe is helpful that comes uh, from like maybe a decade ago. Our youngest daughter was playing um, club soccer, and we live in an area that only has a couple of other teams that competed at that level, which meant that we had to travel to the other side of the state at least four and a half hours or more uh, for tournaments and league play. And we had a a team manager um, who did a lot of different things, including making hotel block arrangements for, for the team, all the players and their families. And I thought I appreciated what she did until she stepped down. The long story is that I ended up being asked to temporarily take on that role. And that's when I really, really appreciated that previous team manager. Because for me, I felt the weight of this huge responsibility of making decisions for where the whole team would stay. What was it going to cost? Did it include a full hot breakfast? Was it in a safe area? How far was it from the field? I mean, there were so many considerations to take into account. And of course, there wasn't, it's not possible for me to make a decision that was going to please everyone on the team, which was another struggle. So I found myself searching exhaustively online for the right hotel, which in a huge metropolitan area means like hours and hours of searching. I mean, honestly, because of my own natural fear of making a poor decision and making all the family suffer because of my choice, I I spent a ridiculous amount of time early on trying to find the optimal place to meet everyone's expectations. Maybe you've never been responsible for travel for 18 families. But what have you been responsible for deciding and choosing that feels weighty to you? We've all got things that press heavily upon us and making decisions is part of our lives. I found that when I seek to make choices that are in line with truth laid out in God's word, 
and ask him to grant me wisdom and discernment, I don't have to carry the weight all on my own. And really the the biggest question I hope you would ask is, when I do this, does it change how I live with the outcome of my choices? And I would emphatically say yes, because I realize I'm not in it alone and I'm never going to be perfect. So if I can work with joy, with diligence and do the next thing, right, I can make choices and not worry that there was a different, better, other decision. I can just make a new choice if I have the opportunity, right? But that isn't a way for me not to be under the load of the decisions that I make. So if you're anything like me and you tend naturally to think about making decisions in terms of you got to gather all the information and maybe you worry that you won't make the right choice or have all the information. Perhaps you're dealing with a type of decision fatigue that I've experienced myself that is honestly rooted in fear. Fear of making a mistake, fear that somehow I'll make a choice that brings suffering or regret or loss. And it's my aim not to live any longer in that way of fear, but by, by practice, by intention, by training my mind with wisdom, by choosing to do the next right thing and choosing a right attitude and speaking the right words to myself while I do the thing. And of course, praying for discernment. That in doing those things, I'm learning to live with more joy in the face of the many decisions that are before me. And I hope you will too. So, until next time. <laughs>